location. Undisclosed. Access. Ready. Team Buck Headquarters. The safe haven. Where a radio signal transmits from the middle of nowhere. To the squad of patriots. This is the Freedom Hunt with Buck Sexton. Everybody, welcome to another episode of the Freedom Hunt with Buck Sexton. This is a special extravaganza we've got going on here. I have with me none other than uh, the Jesse Kelly and the Sean Parnell. This is quite a a cast of characters, folks. Uh, first, Jesse, tell everybody what you've been up to, where they can check out your stuff. Uh, they can check out my stuff at IamJesseKelly.com or follow me on Twitter at DC. I'm the one who does the Jesse Kelly Brief Monday through Friday. It's a two-minute rundown of all the news of the day with a little bit of a different spin on it. And Jesse's also a former Marine. He's too modest to tell you that. Uh, and we've got Sean Parnell with us now, who is a best-selling author of Outlaw Platoon, former Army Ranger. And where can people find your stuff, Sean? Um, you can go to officialshawnparnell.co, or you can check out my books uh, anywhere books are sold. And I don't have any little sexy briefs like Jesse does, but, you know. Well, I, I don't do know about Jesse's briefs. Whoa. Well, hold on, well, I don't You need wear, to be I don't sexy wear in order to have briefs. sexy briefs. I, well, look, I, I, I am, okay? I'm an Army guy. You know how we roll. Um, Je- Jesse, I'm just, I think we're just all glad and lucky that you could make it on a podcast without incident. Well, I've, I've got to say. I, I, go ahead, Buck, please. I mean, look, we know how the Army guys roll, Sean, because Buck and I have been here for 15 minutes while you were trying to figure out how to get your phone out of work. I, but, I, mean, I was look, ready. Marines, I downloaded the Skype. I, I downloaded Skype. I did everything that I could, all right? I, I showed up in the right place at the right time, and it was to no avail. I'm just going to say, if if you guys are going to go out in the red zone and you need someone to run your comms, right now the Marines look a lot better than the Ranger. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> so, gentlemen, well, let, let, let's get into it. I, I'll start with you, Sean. For, for, for the week, man, what was, what's, your, what's your biggest takeaway in this era of Trump mania that's going on? I, I I just I can't get over how to react to him. You know, I feel like Trump Trump derangement syndrome is is not it's not a cliche. People really do have a mental illness when it comes to processing the things that this guy does. You don't have to like what he puts on Twitter. You don't even have to like his personality. But you know, economic growth, the job market's booming. You know, I mean, it's just the country's in a really good place right now, and it just. It just blows my mind how I go on social media every day to see this stuff, but it just blows my mind to see how people, so many people just can't handle uh, the things that he does. They have emotional breakdowns. It's like, it, it just absolutely mind blowing, you know? And I honestly, I can't believe that, that the Anthem thing is back uh, in, in the news. And, and I, I just feel like Trump has the high ground on that stuff because uh, the culture war is the war that we all need to be fighting. And I think that, the president knows that, and man, he taps in. He taps into that, and he just goes after that low-hanging fruit. And I think most Americans love him for it. Yeah, I have to be honest. I've got two big things when it comes to Trump right now. One, I actually think it's going to be hilarious. For one, it's going to be great, but it's going to be hilarious if he really does turn out to be the greatest jobs president ever, because it's Trump, Trump's way to brag, <laughs> and that's what he does on the campaign trail, and it's great and it's funny. Everybody knows it's important. Everybody, even his supporters, would kind of 
laugh and snicker when he made that claim all throughout the campaign. And as of right now, it looks like there's a chance he's going to do that. And that's going to be the best ever to what Sean said about everybody freaking out. I'm genuinely worried when Trump is gone, what we're all going to do for entertainment. I'm worried we're going to have a hard time adjusting back to having a more normal presidency where he doesn't just live to just flame war the liberal media i I think it's going to be very boring when we all have to entertain ourselves again we have to think that the the overton window of of like of expectations for a president the way they speak about things is totally changed now i mean i'm somebody who gets very say that yeah it's crazy dude i mean when people when people talk about what it means to be presidential I don't think anybody really knows what it means anymore. And I think like, you know, Americans clearly, you know, I was a Rubio guy. I know Jesse was a Cruz guy and I, we, we sort of talked smack at each other. Yeah, yeah, I know. He's, he's been upsetting (laughs) me recently, Sean. (laughs) Well, me too. Me too. Yeah, I know. I mean, this is, this is in the past. And not just the lifts, not just the lifts in the shoes either. I mean, substantive stuff. (laughs) I know. I know. I mean, he seems to always come out of nowhere and and just screw things up. Like right at the most critical, when I feel like Republicans have the high ground on an issue, Marco mouth and just ruins it for everybody. But but the point I'm trying to make, Americans rejected the soaring sort of communicator type rhetoric in favor of somebody that just comes off like a real dude. You know, if I go into a bar with a bunch of my buddies or, or we all on this podcast went out to have a drink, we would talk for the most part like the president does. And whether you're a Democrat or Republican, here in Western Pennsylvania, there are blue dog Democrats all around. And they love the way that the president talks because he comes. I mean, whether you like, whether you love or hate what he has to say, at least you know he's being authentic and he's not BSing you on something. I like what Sean has to say, Jesse. But once again, his calm seemed to be giving us a, a, a little bit of trouble. Is it is this commonplace for Rangers? Do they just have to push through these gear malfunctions? What's going on? Well, we're fine. We're actually fine. You know why his comms are going bad, Sean? It's because he knows once again the Marines are here to bail him out. So whenever his comms come out, cut out, I'll jump in and handle things until he can get himself unscrewed. I, the, only, the only time, the only time I need a marine to help me with anything is if you hold an umbrella for me. <laughs> I still, I still. Whatever people ask. By the way, the little CIA guy. I'm sitting here in between you, just like taking notes and trying to instigate stuff, as the CIA does. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and and whenever people ask me, they're like, "So what's the CIA really do?" I'm like, "Have you seen 13 Hours?" You remember that guy who's like the little little guy who's like, I don't know, I have to finish my coffee. And like all the cool ex-mill guys are like, stop being a little punk. Like I was like, that guy's the actual little CIA guy. He's the one who's like, oh, like I've been out here for a few days. I know what the-. I'm like, first of all, why does this guy have an accent? He's American. <laughs> it makes no I told I told Tonto this, Chris Peranto. He's like, Yeah, man, you're totally right. I'm like, I know, it's crazy. This guy's like, Where are you, you big, like, hulking mess of a man? Like, I have important meetings. They're like, Do you want to get your head chopped off, son, on a video? Shut up and come with us. I'm like, that guy, the one who's like, you know, a little punk, that's the CIA guy. So anyway, side note. Speaking of these things, by the way, Mission Impossible coming out with a new one. Jesse and I were kind of uh, pre-interviewing on this one, Sean. One do you think that there is something like is Tom Cruise feeding on the blood of of endangered, uh, you know, barn owls or something? They're not endangered, but you know what I mean. Like, how is he staying yeah. so youthful he so long? Ridiculous. And is he? he look, I look older than him. I is mean, he the like, best? I mean, is he, he the like biggest 50? action star of all time? 
Well, I, so I, so it's funny that you mentioned this because I was just thinking about this myself. But I, I think I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to I'm going to say that I think that Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, is the biggest action star of all time. He's the biggest what star in the world the right world? now. No, I just listen. He doesn't have a franchise movie like Jack Reacher or the Mission Impossible thing. <laughs> but but the rock. But he's the biggest star in the world right now. Not just action star. Dwayne Johnson gets paid I mean, more than anybody. I gotta else. say, Jesse. Now the Rubio thing makes a lot more sense to me. Oh come on! Oh, no, it's the God. truth. Guys, he is hold the on, biggest star in the world. The he rock? makes more than any other actor. Yes, <laughs> this is he, crazy. Yes, it's the a rock fact. is the it's biggest the, action star. Sean, were you born like three years ago? We said of all time, Tom Cruise has been doing this for like four decades. You can't even be that is the dumbest opinion I have ever heard in my entire <laughs> Wait, life. Calling it a bad are, take. I mean, at least say somebody like Bruce Willis or somebody. Well, 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 okay. So your position is that Cruise, five foot five, Tom Cruise is a bigger star than Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Well, could he that, at least do it for longer than six is, months before we declare the your, biggest one of all time? I mean, he has franchise movies, Jesse. Once the rock, the he rock did you run. He, well, not, that, that, first of all, that was a, that was a good movie. Okay, and it's not it's not a franchise like Jack Reacher and Mission Impossible. Mission Hero type thing. Oh wait, I, I need. I hold on a second, Sean. I need a Jesse Kelly ruling on the greatest action movie star of all time. <laughs> I think it's Tom Cruise. It's Tom Cruise or Bruce, or Bruce Willis. I don't know how you can argue against either one of those two guys. I don't know how you can say it's someone other than those two. Unless I mean, I think it's Schwarzenegger, so I think, you're, I think you're both crazy. I mean, I even saw Kindergarten Cop with my girlfriend last week because we could both settle on that one. And she's like, this is a good movie. I was like, you know what? Kindergarten Cop holds up pretty well. It's not a tumor. It's like, a good movie. The, it's, it's not, not an action great movie. movie. Schwarzenegger's <laughs> great. Schwarzenegger's great, but listen, it is indisputable the both of you got. The Rock made sixty-five million dollars last year. He's the biggest. So did Kim Kardashian. In the world. <laughs> we're, we're, we're talking. That's that's a straw man argument, and I resent that. Okay, that that's that's a straw man plus, argument. Plus, he, he plus, is. He's gonna. He, if he's not the biggest action star now, he's gonna be in the future. Also, since we're talking pop culture, and since Jesse and I got to do a whole pre-interview because Sean arrived late, because you know, once you're once you're a New York <laughs> Times best-selling <laughs> author. Who also has Man of War out now, which is a fantastic novel that I'm sure is also going to be made into a movie series. Uh, you know, you get to show up late for your calls, even with your buddies, Jesse. That's that's apparently what this happens now. This is not now. my thing. This is not my shtick. I was ready. I was there. Okay. I feel like he's I'm, I'm never going to let this one down. He's already left us behind. He's got a couple big books. He's left <laughs> us behind. I mean, I, I'm surprised <laughs> he even took I my role to this. I, I feel like he wasn't even joking. I'm the CIA guy here, and I feel like I'm supposed to hold an umbrella for him, too, now. I don't know. I feel like it's all <laughs> Oh, changed. my gosh. Oh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Hey, right, well, hey, sure true or false? Have they already optioned? Have they already optioned the script to Man of War? Well, okay, so it's, it's so we've got it. It's, we've got it uh, the, at Sony right now. They have. I mean, <laughs> See, so, I told you. Can you at least? No wonder, can you at least get? No look, wonder he was kissing up to the Rock. He wants the Rock. To I, I, I was going to say the Rock has to be the lead, and and I Sean, do. Sean, can I, I ask you this, man? I do want him to be. Can you? Can you make? Some room, like I obviously can play the the douchey guy with the side part that like betrays people because CIA guy, right? And then Jesse, you know, he can be, uh, you know, the, the military guy the that everybody. Guy. <laughs> can I be the bad guy? You can be the bad guy in in Man of War. I mean, yes. yes. I, I, I listen. I'm going to get you guys 
to go through casting, and you're gonna have you're, you guys are gonna have to go through the casting couch drama, and you know what I'm talking about. Whoa! And, and I, I'm not a part of it. I'm not a part of it, but I'm just gonna put you through this so you guys can speak accurately on the issue. Right. I don't know how comfortable I am doing a casting couch. I mean, unless that means something different. And... Yeah. Speaking of entertainment, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to bail Sean out on this one. Speaking of entertainment, uh, uh, let, let's get uh, Jesse. I want to hear your take on Shark Week because, as I told you, I feel like Shark Week is really great white week that they extend out with a whole bunch of other things. As I said yesterday, nobody cares if a leopard shark is going extinct because no one knows what a leopard shark is, and it's not that cool. Look, they're still trying to push tiger sharks on us and nurse sharks on us, but the truth of the matter is this, book: Shark Week peaked about four or five years ago when they, did, when they did that video in South Africa with the great whites leaping out of the water, killing the seals for the first time ever. That was Shark Week at its peak. Since then, it has been one gigantic ham fest of made-up stories and garbage, <laughs> and everybody pretends that it's not garbage. It's like people feel obligated to say that they like Shark Week. Shark Week sucks now. You can watch one show, you've seen the whole week. I Sean, totally what agree. say you? I, I totally agree, 100%. I, and it's funny that you say that, Jesse, because I remember watching Shark Week five years ago and thinking, this is amazing. Like, this is epic. I'm going to watch it every year. And I remember watching yeah. it the year after. I'm like, and it just, it was a slow, painful death. Every year it got worse and worse. And now it's just, I feel like they just, they're banking on the name or something, man. Like, I, I just... Well, I don't like it. I've, it's boring. I feel like, and I don't know the legalities of this. You probably have to do it in international waters. I pitched very softly, because I don't want to get myself in trouble, that some major company should take it offshore, gather up a whole group of people who assault children or something like that, ISIS, anybody you can picture, and <laughs> feed them to sharks for pay-per-view for Shark Week. It is the only way you'll ever be able to top that, filming them leaping out of the water. If you could film live people being eaten, but again, make them child predators or somebody who deserves to get eaten, and everybody will cheer, how much money would you shell out for that? Well, this this and reminds me of, of how there was that supposed uh, race that was going to happen between a great white and, uh, and who's the guy who won all the medals who like looks like... Michael uh, Phelps. Michael Phelps. <laughs> and, and that was the most... That was overhyped, like, that night that Maddow had Trump's tax returns. Like, that was the most BS thing I've ever seen in my life. They didn't even... I figured they are going to, like, put him in the water in, like, a cage and, you know, and have, like, a lane and then the shark and maybe put some meat there. Like, make it... They did, like, a, a shark. It was CGI Phelps and she, CGI shark. It was the lamest thing I've ever seen in my life, which I think oh, is just a reflection of how Shark Week has gone downhill. It, it exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. I was just going to... I was just going to say that in, like... You know, to Jesse's point about like the pay per view, that would be that would be amazing. And I feel like what we could do is create an entire channel for stuff like this. And you know that Gorilla TV, <laughs> like a Gorilla TV that that the president was supposed to watch in the White House or something, just nothing but gorillas, twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. <laughs> I remember that. Like people thought that, that was real, by the, the way. Same channel. <laughs> I mean, I would watch that. I would watch gorillas <laughs> fighting. That would be amazing. And gorillas I would watch. Like, I would watch a, I mean, just like I would watch huh? a great white shark on loop, jumping out of the water and biting a seal, I would watch gorillas fight. So they can go on the same I'm channel. Just, yeah, I'm just saying feeding child pedos to the sharks is the only thing that can save it now. It's on another four or five years <laughs> max, and it'll mercifully die. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, you know, Sean can pitch this to his fancy Hollywood friends now that he's got the book made into an option. So. I, don't, I don't have, I don't, I'm just trying to get my books made, take, take them to a larger platform, right? Hey, I mean, Sean, it, Sean, you might have to do a casting couch for it. Uh, no, my point with that was you guys would have to go through that, not me, okay? I, I've already been through that. I just want to hang out with fancy. You would think. I just want to hang out with fancy Hollywood people because I never, because I'm in conservative media, so everyone. Everyone in Hollywood hates us, so it makes me kind of sad on the on the inside. But I, I also want to get you guys on the, the most important policy issue of the week, the straw ban, which I assumed in Cal- – do you know about this, Sean? In California, they're saying you can get six yeah. years now in prison if you break the straw ban. I thought it must be six months, but people are telling me it's actually six years. Could you imagine being in the joint, like being in San Quentin, and it's like, what do you win for, man? I had a, I had a handful of straws, bro. That just seems I mean, like it's I not mean, a good it, way to go it, in there. It's ridiculous. I mean, I can't even. I, it's hard to even comment on because it's. It sounds like something like out of like like it it's sounds made, made up, up as part of a fiction. Yeah, it's like the most ridiculous thing in the world. Like you have sanctuary cities all throughout California. I, I believe San Francisco being one of them, where illegal you've got illegal aliens all over the place. Some of them who have committed crimes and been deported multiple times. You get more jails. And by the way, the penalty for these plastic straws, it's like per straw, right? So if you hand out one, you get you, you, you could face up to a certain amount of time in prison. If you hand out two, it gets worse and worse. Like, it actually gets worse the more you hand out. So if you hand out six straws, you could do life in prison. Jesse, I, I want to put this out there to you. We, we, we make jokes about this right now, but keep in mind that the feds have raided, federal agents with guns have raided dairy farms, in Amish country in Pennsylvania for selling raw milk. So do we really do we really put this past the government? I don't think so. No, of course not. See, that's why I've always been a bigger fan of California than other conservatives because they are the, are the bright shining example of just how horrible government can get. Like everything, they're a great. Hey, look at how crazy California is. That could come to the feds if we're not careful. I also well, wanted to ask. Let me also say, let me also say, this is a straw thing. This is a San Francisco thing, right? Like this was born and is, is it? There's so much human feces on the sidewalk. You think that would be more of a hot button issue, like a more imminent like thing that they would want to deal with than plastic straws? Like the mayor said, you, the poop situation. This was just like last week, I think. <laughs> the mayor of San Francisco said that the poop situation is at DefCon One. You could say it is at PoopCon One. That would be true. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, man. It's like if you if you look if if you if you are talking about an issue and and the phrase poop situation is a part of it, then then that's probably your most dire issue. Plastic straws yeah. they probably shouldn't worry about. But since since we're talking about drinking implements, gentlemen, I also think that I have to bring to your attention. I think what may be the viral video of the week, which be, before I get into the description, uh, Jesse, <laughs> what, what do we th- what do we think of people who take cups for water? And then go to the machine and help themselves to, you know, some root beer. What do we think? Acceptable or unacceptable? <laughs> Completely unacceptable. These cheapskates in society. And then when you get called out on it, to scream at the cashier. And obviously what Buck is talking about is that video that's going everywhere where that extremely enormous McDonald's employee, this girl looked like she was like 6'8". And she gets screamed at by this customer trying to steal some soda. Then the customer chucks a milkshake at the huge McDonald's employee 
And the McDonald's employee just ragdolls this girl, grabs her and throws her on a table and just chucks her all over the place. It was the best thing I've ever she seen gets, in my It's life. like a combination of like haymakers and body slam at the same time. But I have to say, and if people haven't seen this video, it's everywhere. If you type in McDonald's fight, I'm pretty sure it'll come up. But like my, my favorite part, first of all, the whole thing starts over. I don't know, Sean, if you know the backstory, but this one woman who is considerably smaller does the whole, I want a, a drink a cup or a water cup and then goes to the soda fountain and starts filling it up with like coca-cola right so first of all jesse her 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 fraud game is low because you got to at least go with a clear <laughs> beverage right if you're going to fill your water cup with coca-cola everyone's going to know that the scam is on but the lady behind the counter uh. the one who does the attacking she turns off, which I didn't even know they could do. Like, she presses a button, like there's a bank heist going what? on, and there's, like, a secret well, alarm. Wait. You guys left out <laughs> the best part of this. Her, her boob is out. Oh, like, no, like, that comes later. Sean. I'm like, I'm sorry. Is Sean, I got to tell you, like, there's a lot of like, places you can see a boob on the Internet, buddy. So, no, no, so. no. I mean, this, is the, this, is, this woman, she looks, like the, she looks like the female version of the Oh, why would you even, if, if this woman works at McDonald's, why would you throw a milkshake? I wouldn't throw wait, a milkshake. Wait, 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 but we skipped over. My, my favorite part, though, is that is that she goes milkshake first, and there's a whole, like, you guys remember, like, rules of engagement. There's, you know, the whole escalation oh. protocol. She starts with the milkshake throw, and then when this considerably larger ah. woman is coming towards her, she goes with, like, the tiny tray maneuver and it's tries to hit her with the, the tiny tray. <laughs> It's like firing a BB gun on a freight train. For those oh who haven't God, seen the I video, by the way, it. please understand when you're talking about size disparity, I guarantee you the McDonald's employee weighed twice what the girl who was at doing that. And oh that my God, is she's the, got a chair. At least I'm watching, twice, I'm not three times video. as much. I'm, I'm, this is like, it, it looks like, like a WWE wrestling match. On, I mean, this, this woman who, who had her boob out and got... Assailed by there he is with the boob again. By the way, Sean, Sean, you're a married man. This can't be that exciting. No, no, look, it's just there. Like she doesn't even bother fixing it. It's such an intense fight that she doesn't even bother fixing the issue. And and I have, I mean, this she actually grabs a chair and tries to hit her with a chair. I mean, this is like, oh yeah. I I mean, and then this is, and, and we were we were talking about this by the way. Like there's certain even in a street fight, there are certain rules. Like, you never attack the person that's clearly just trying to separate you from the other person, like, as long as they're not attacking you. And the woman who's much smaller, we don't know their names. I don't even think we know. Do we, Jesse, do we know where this happened? I don't even think, I don't even know. If, I think they thought it was in Las Vegas. No, I think it's in Las Vegas. It's, it, it looked like it could have been a Las Vegas fight, that's for sure. <laughs> it did look like uh, something could happen on the Las Vegas Strip. But, but she attacks the woman who is trying to pull her away from the much larger woman, and it's and then she starts getting beat up by her. I'm like, what are you doing? It's a total pandemonium. It's it's one of those I videos where... I can't believe this. I, can, I cannot way, believe that this, this is unreal. She gets bear-pawed in the... I, I'm surprised she keeps going after taking a couple of those bear-paws. Oh, I mean, she I gets hit hard. Hey, that's this, a serious this is helpful like the big tip, by the way, for Sean the listeners. Something. If, if, if you're ever breaking up a fight, by the way, for everybody who's listening to this thing, Grab the enemy. Always grab your friend because it always goes that way. Whoever you grab, their blood is up, and they turn around and want to take a swing at you. I've had more than one person take a swing at me when I grabbed the wrong guy. Grab your friend, not the other guy. 
Good rule. <laughs> Important. So don't throw milkshakes. Know who you're. Know who you're trying to pull out of the fight. Don't think that the tray is going to save you. Once you've poked the bear, the tray is not enough. I feel like the, in the literal sense here, like I would not pick a fight with this woman. Like, no. I just, no, and also at the RPG. end, at the end, there's one <laughs> very clear soundbite where she says, she says, respect my mama. My mama is still alive. I don't know what happened before then, but all I know is I was like, I was watching this video. I was like, I'm going to respect her mama. Damn. That's <laughs> Look, you, I watched that video. I watched that video live on this podcast, and you got my unvarnished reaction. I, I, I'm going to watch that probably 10 more times tonight, but a couple, like, I cannot get over the size. I cannot, I can't get over the size of that woman. And I don't mean, I'm not, I don't mean that in a derogatory sense. I just would never pick a fight with her. No, but she's taken back by how tough and feisty the little one was. Yeah. It's like, it's like a, I mean, dude, it is the human equivalent of a grizzly bear against a Wolverine. I mean, it really is like, wow, this is crazy. (laughs) And and I just want to say that Jesse, Jesse Kelly, one of my favorite tweets of the week, he just saw this and I saw it in his feed. He responded, don't pick a fight with Brienne of Tarth. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's it's true. I mean, like Sean said, I mean, it's not, we're not talking about fat and we're not being mean. That the the woman is humongous. She is tall. She she is a big, big woman. You yeah. know, it's like the mountain versus the viper. It is. It did. Yes, it did. It is a little bit like without, that. Without the eloquence of the viper, you know, of course. But, I mean, she's clear. But it kind of it kind of ended the same way. Like, she did kind of get, she kind of got squashed <laughs> like a grape. It wasn't good. She did. She did. It wasn't good. <laughs> so, if those of you who haven't seen this, by the way, if you're listening to this podcast now, you have, just l- type in McDonald's fight. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of videos that come up. But this one will come up probably for this week on on your on your Google search, um, and now because because we haven't caused enough trouble, I, I did want to get both of your takes on, uh, and I don't even know if Sean read this article. Jesse, I know did, but uh, th- this Jessica Jessica Valenti piece on feminism and essentially how we need to create a beta male safe space for young boys so that they don't become a part of the patriarchy. Jesse, I go to you first on this one, and then Sean, you get to be the close air support. Yeah, no, we have we have a beta male safe space. It's called the U.S. Army. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, no, in all seriousness, these wacko feminists, like we discussed uh, beforehand while Sean was late, they're, they're, they're never going to be happy. Never. If you eliminated every man from every job and they were all taken over by women and it was only women in the government and it was all women's laws, they'd still be miserable about something. They'd be twice as miserable as about something. We don't have to worry about feminists because they're not going to get married and have kids anyway. John? I, I, mean, I, I mean, I totally agree with Jesse. I mean, Jesse and I see eye to eye on this stuff. And I just, I can't, and this, this is why, by the way, in, in my new book, I, the, the Alpha Program is the most elite of elite military i cannot stand the concept of beta males i I just i like i I can't stand i can't stand feminism truthfully i I really i can't and because i feel like i feel like having strong men i mean in in a very serious way having strong men in a society uh that that protect what they believe what we believe to be right like i think strong men and alpha males are protectors first and foremost it's the weak betas that are the ones that are like these weird creepy predators you know it's the betas that are that are like that really i think in many ways were the catalyst for the me too movement like the essence of being like an alpha male is to protect 
people that aren't as strong as you. So I, I feel like the entire I feel like the entire concept of feminism, while it was meant to empower women, and it probably did to a certain extent 40 years ago, I feel like all it does is chip away at what it means to, to be, you know, a, a chivalrous man in today's society. And it just drives me crazy. I, I mean, I article and I will now, but like, I have a feeling it would just make me angry. Yeah, we're just talking about how we need to create, like, young men need to be told that strength and aggression and traditional masculinity are toxic. Like, that's the phrase, right? Toxic masculinity. That's what they'll always talk about. And, yeah, they won't feel that way if they get in a milkshake fight. And, and, and like, given that, given that, that, uh, that, that Jesse Kelly doesn't have fancy Hollywood friends to impress, if you go into his Twitter feed, folks, it's one long-running <laughs> microaggression, <laughs> and, it, and it's like a giant, it's, it's one big homage to the patriarchy. And Sean's not far behind. I got to tell you, both these guys, a lot, lot of America and red meat, so that's a good thing. Can I get you guys on a lightning round, by the way, and then we'll talk about projects you're working, up, working to do? So, uh, yeah, uh, Sean, Sean, we'll start with you first. Go in reverse order here for a second. Sean, um, zombie apocalypse, you get one weapon that becomes your primary weapon. What is it? Machete. Okay. Jesse Kelly. Jeez, Sean, that's, that's intense, buddy. <laughs> uh, you know <laughs> he what? He wants it, to it, get up close and personal with the zombies. If it's the apocalypse, AK-47. AK-47. All right, I'll take it. What if you run out of blood? <laughs> he just freaked out. I don't even know what happened there. What did he say? I said, what, what Sean, if you run I don't out of bullets? Worry about, I don't have to worry about riding, running out of bullets. I'm a Marine. I hit what I aim at the first time. But you, there's a seven, six, two rounds are at a premium during the apocalypse, Jesse. You have to go with a bat or a machete. I have, an AK, lad, like a I have an AK-47. I'll go get some more rounds. Uh, I, I told, I, you and I are not on the same page here. All you need is one, like, oh, former Soviet arms depot, you know, that you find in episode three, and you're pretty much good to go. But I will say, I like that Sean's willing to put in the work, Jesse. Like, he's lopping off heads. He's not doing it from a distance. Yeah, Sean picks a machete. It's the apocalypse. Oh. You're going to have to fight off hordes of people. I'm playing the long game here, Jesse. Yes, of course I'll utilize a gun in the early days of the apocalypse, okay? But bullets don't last forever. Okay, when you run out of bullets, I'm still going to be tempering the edge of my machete in prep for your assault. So you'll be dead by then because you couldn't get within a foot of me. And I had an (laughs) AK-47. I'm not saying that I would even attack you. Okay, I'm using I'm using my officer mind here. I'm playing the long game. All right. I'm having tactical patience and making sure that I have weapons when everybody else's ammo is out. Jesse, did he just pull rank on you? Did that just happen? (laughs) <laughs> just yeah, they, it just he's having tactical patience. I'm out there blowing stuff up. I, I don't know. I, I think, uh, <laughs> gentlemen, you, bo- you both have your way with this one. All right, next one. The, the, uh, the appropriate way and cut of red meat to order at a steakhouse is what? What is first choice cut of meat, and what is the way you order it? My, is it my oh, turn? We'll go Jesse first. Okay. Filet, medium rare. All right. You, sir? Same. Wow, really, gentlemen? And the correct answer is ribeye, but it is medium rare. So at least you got at least you got that one. Ribeye, ribeyes are nasty. I can't believe you're saying that ribeye is like a giant piece of bacon. I don't even. You, I was with you two until now. Now it's like I don't even know you anymore. Nothing crazy. I actually do love. I actually do love ribeyes. They're they're like the perfect woman that got a little bit of fat on them. Oh, Jesse Kelly is going to – Jesse Kelly, sponsor-friendly, Jesse Kelly. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, this is all right, and then – sponsors. And then the, the – uh, advertising executives use sex to sell 
There you go. And and then the 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 movie that you have seen the most in your life, Sean, seen the most times, Sean Parnell. Uh, the movie that I've seen the most in my life, Back to the Future. Good call, Jesse. Dumb and Dumber. Wow, explains a lot. <laughs> That's a great movie. That's a great <laughs> That's a good movie. movie. Uh, for me, for me, it would be uh, would be Ghostbusters. So there you go. All right, oh, gentlemen, this is movie. this has been phenomenal. I, I want you to tell folks, uh, we'll tell folks, and Sean, you go, Sean, you go first because I know your your entourage is going to get mad at me if I don't, and then I'm not going to get invited <laughs> to the premiere. And you know, I <laughs> I know all this stuff. Right, I know go. how it goes, Hollywood. So uh, so you go first, Sean, and tell us what you're up to, where people get the book, all that good stuff. Okay, so Man of War comes out. In- the first week in September, so it's not out yet, but the, I just launched the trailer last night, and I'm working on right now book two, so I've got to turn in the second book in the in the Eric Steele saga in like five days, and I'm late, and so um, I'm like on the full court press on that, trying to make sure I turn it in and I meet my deadline, and then um, I've got, right now I've just got Outlaw Platoon like with a great studio, and I've got Man of War with a great studio, and I'm just like fingers crossed, hoping to hear positive news back from them. All righty, fantastic. Just make sure that when J.J. Abrams takes over the script, he doesn't ruin it like he does everything else these days. Well, nothing makes sense anymore with him. I don't, I don't, and I love J.J. Abrams, but just like everything has, it just has to be. Jesse, you notice that? He, 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 he had. That's right. He had, he had to pay the J.J. Abrams tax there. Give a little love to the Hollywood bigwig. I see what that was. <laughs> I, I like J.J. Abrams. We we could get this guy. We could get this guy trashing the patriarchy and saying all kinds of stuff, uh, but 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 J.J. Abrams, that's too far. <laughs> hey man, he's fine. He's fine. <laughs> that's I, right. I like him. I like J.J. Abrams, filmmaker. It's just yet another strong argument. It, it's it's, it's, it's all right. It's all right. Uh, you know, we we'll, we'll, we'll let it slide. We'll let it slide this time, Hollywood. Jesse Kelly, what are you working on? What's going on? <laughs> You can find me online at IamJesseKelly.com or Twitter at JesseKellyDC. Watch the Jesse Kelly Brief. Just sit back and enjoy it. Where, did the, where, where, where is the Jesse Kelly Brief? Jesse Kelly Brief is right on the front page of IamJesseKelly.com. They're all listed there. They're all two minutes long, no longer. No need to drone on and on. Just go enjoy them. All right, gentlemen. It's great. It's great. I watch it all the time. You really, It really is good. It's really solid. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. There we go. Well, well, we got uh, we got one of our favorite uh, favorite Marines, one of our favorite Rangers, and they mostly played nice together today on the podcast. Uh, this is Buck Sexton with the Freedom Hut. Everybody, uh, please share this with your friends. Spread this far and wide. And gentlemen, when you are in D.C., ribeyes on me. You let me know when. All right, so, uh, we can do singles or or a three way because we got no shame. <laughs> We'll <laughs> okay. do, buddy. Yeah, all right. That sounds, that sounds, <laughs> Sean, uh, Sean is. Great. Oh, Mr. Casting Couch all of a sudden gets. <laughs> he, gets he gets squeamish. <laughs> I'm hanging up. <laughs> all right, gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining. Great to have you on. Sean Parnell, Jesse Kelly, everybody. That's going to be it for the Freedom Hut this week, folks. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. Please do uh, subscribe, download, share with friends, and we'll be back with you all next week on Friday. Big show plan. See you then because it's all in the reflexes.